On today's episode, Eddie and Webby prove that it does not take two to tango. This is the Eddie and Webby Podcast. Oh, hey, how's it going? This is Webby, not Eddie. And I'm Eddie, and this is our second podcast. Oh, yeah, podcast number two. Doing it again. Yeah. People thought it would never happen. People thought after the first one we'd be done. One and done. But we're back, baby. We are back, folks. We have a great show in store for us again today. Uh, You know the format. We talk beer, technology, pickleball. We sprinkle in a few goofs here and there. That's kind of what we like to do. We hope you enjoy it. Yes, yes, indeed. Now, before we begin, we did get some... Twitter comments regarding our last podcast that Webby would like to share with us. I haven't seen him or heard them yet, so this will be the first time I'm hearing them as well. Yes, it's, we've actually gotten a very overwhelming response, and I'm actually going to pull Twitter up right now, read a couple of the most recent comments we got. Uh, this first one comes from at Whoopi Goldbergeron. Very funny and informative. Keep up the great work. All right, thank you, Whoopi. Thank very you, Very nice. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, here's one from Yo Mama Is My Daddy. Uh, they say, podcast, more like stupid cast. I wish I could go back in time to prevent myself from watching this garbage. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, all right. Not, not quite as good as the first one, but... Well, we appreciate feedback of all types. For sure, for sure. Uh, let's just go with one more here. Uh, we've got one here from Kelly K. Powski. I really enjoyed your first podcast, guys. I can't wait to see the next one. Awesome. Well, as long as people keep watching, we'll keep making. Yep. Thank you, Kelly. We appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, we always appreciate the the feedback on Twitter, so keep the comments coming. If you ever have any questions for us, we might read them on the air during one of these podcasts. Yeah. If you make it good, there's a good chance you'll be put on the air. The gooder, the better. (laughs) That's what we like to always say. Yes. The gooder, the better, for sure. (laughs) All right, so now we are going to go into the beer review segment of uh, yes. today. The My yummy, favorite segment. Yeah, the yummy, tasty beer. Uh, Webby, would you like to share with us the beer that we are going to be tasting together today? As a matter of fact, I would. I just so happen to have it right here. Today's is going to be a, a little on the sweeter side, and it is from Saugatuck Brewing Company, and today we have Neapolitan Milk Stout. Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. I've been in uh, I've been in a big stout mood lately. I enjoy stouts all the time. I think they're delicious, and I've always wanted to try this one. I've seen the bottle, uh, you know, in a lot of the beer stores or whatnot. And yeah, same here. I've I've seen it. I've always been tempted to pick one up, and it's finally gonna happen. Hopefully, it's good. It sounds really good. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and open it, but I want to let this one breathe here before we taste it. So let's open it and pour it. And as we do that, I'm going to share a little bit of information regarding the beer with you guys. Sounds like a great idea. I agree. Oh, I just spilled that. Okay. Uh, So this is from Saugatuck Brewing Company out of Saugatuck, Michigan, which is the west side of Michigan. And uh, they opened in 2005. They currently have a 45-barrel brew system with 960 barrels of fermentation space, which is pretty good. Uh, They actually have the ability to age over 400 wood barrels at one time as well. They have some other pretty good beers as well. Uh, I've tried a few of these. The Singapore IPA 
the Oval Beach Blonde, and Maggie's Irish Ale. Um, if you guys have been to Michigan, any craft beer stores, I'm sure you've seen some of them as well. And other states as well. Down here in Florida, we get it. So have you ever been to Saugatuck Brewing, Webby? I have not. I've no. been wanting to check them out, but that's one that I have not checked out yet. Yeah. It's a really cool place. So my wife and I went there about five years ago. We were doing uh, New Year's Eve in Grand Rapids, and we decided, I think it was actually on New Year's Eve, to take a day trip out to Saugatuck Brewing. Great place. Uh, they had a wonderful staff there, a lot of nice people that work there. And we actually asked them for a tour. Uh, and what was really cool is they basically just let us walk around the brewery after giving us a brief, brief tour for as long as we wanted unsupervised. So it was pretty neat. We got to check out the whole process, got to meet a lot of people that work in the brewery as well. Everybody was just really nice people. It was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, you should definitely check it out for sure. That sounds good. I think I'll do that. Yeah. So let's talk about this beer specifically. This is BJCP Category 16A for all the BJCP nerds out there, which is a sweet stout. Now, this does fall under the British stout category, but this isn't actually a British beer. There's just really not another category that it fits into properly. It does have 6% ABV, which is the alcohol content, which is at the high end of this category, but still fits into it. 37 IBUs, which for those of you that don't know, IBU is International Bitterness Units. It's how we perceive bitterness in things. Uh, and 37 is on the low to moderate end for a beer. Uh, but when it comes to sweet stouts like this, you typically want to stay pretty low. So this is actually at the high end of perceived bitterness for a sweet stout. This beer is available year-round, and it has won multiple medals and awards throughout the years. It's a pretty good one. It sounds delicious, and I can't wait to try it. All right, well, let's do it. First thing we want to look at is the appearance. So I don't know what else to say except for it's black. Yeah, I would say it's very dark in appearance. Yeah. That's my observation by looking at it with my eyes. <laughs> Good. And that's what you want to do for this is you want to look at it with your eyes. See, I could uh, be a professional beer <laughs> judge or whatever you call it. You could. Yeah, appearance is going to be black. You might get a little hint of kind of red caramely colors, but most of all, you're just going to get black. Now, I was surprised. I didn't get any head at all when I poured this beer. I don't know about you, Webby. Did you? No, uh, a very surprisingly little amount. Interesting. Uh, next, we want to get into the aroma. Hmm. Surprisingly sweet. I guess it shouldn't be too surprising. It's called Neapolitan, but yeah, almost I'm, fruity. I guess maybe the, the strawberry portion of the Neapolitan. Yeah, you're definitely going to get uh, some fruitiness with this beer. Uh, I, I can definitely get fruit. You also get a lot of the coffee, chocolatey notes that are typical for sweet stouts. And a little bit of that roasty grainy, but I think it's a very pleasant aroma. There's almost, oh, for sure. almost no hop aroma to it at all, though. Yeah. That's a very nice. A very pleasant aroma. Mm -hmm. Now, let's take a few sips so we can get a good feel for the flavor. Don't mind if I do. Again, remember, you got to go. Really get it. Yeah, let it get the back of the throat. Uh, uh. Isn't that what the professionals do? They do a nice gargle? Yeah, a nice gargle is always important when you're getting the flavor of the beer, for sure. 
Wow. Mm. I, uh, I'm really liking what I'm tasting. Anything standing out to you that you're getting in the flavor? Um, I do taste a bit of chocolate, and I do taste a bit of the uh, the strawberry, like a little hint of strawberry. Yeah, uh, I like very it. smooth too. A lot of times when you get a sweet stout like this, the flavors become very muddled. So it's really hard to distinguish between them. They all just kind of get muddled together. But this one, I feel like you can distinctly get some of the vanilla and the strawberry flavors that are atypical to a stout, but normal in a sweet stout. And it balances really well with the chocolate flavors. Yeah, I really like it. It tastes definitely. very nice. Yeah, I definitely like it. It's a, it's a very complex flavor to it which i'm a big fan of for sure yes um now last week we uh we chugged the beer after we did our uh our opinions on the taste what do you think about for this one i don't know man what do you think it's i i don't think we can do that with this one uh stouts typically are pretty heavy and i uh i don't i don't think it would be so great for our stomachs to chug this one I agree with you. I think we'll probably, we'll just, uh, why don't we just sip it the rest of the show? How does that sound? That sounds good. That sounds like a very nice plan. Awesome. Uh, overall opinion on it? Um, I think it's really good. I would definitely buy this in the future. Um, if I saw it on tap and I was craving a stout, uh, something a little on the sweeter side, then I would absolutely recommend getting this one. Yeah, I agree with you. I think for maybe an after-dinner beer, something sweet to complement, like a nice uh, brownie or even vanilla ice cream, I think this would go really well with it. The The strawberry portion of it almost tastes like a strawberry jelly or jam to me. I don't know if you're getting that at all, but it's yeah, nice. Yeah, I can see that. Kind of like the, the PB&J beer that we tried last week. It's uh, it's nice. It's kind of have a, a strawberry jammy note to it, which I really appreciate. And if people don't know what you're talking about in regards to us having the PB and J lead, there's uh, going to be a link that pops up right over there that uh, you can click on if you want to see it. Somewhere but over. Probably, probably better to wait till after this podcast is over and then check that out. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Well, good. Well, I would definitely recommend this beer if anybody's in the mood for a nice for sure. sweet stout. This is a oh, good one to pick up. Would you consider this a, a dessert beer? I, I've heard the term of dessert beer thrown out before. Yeah, I mean, dessert beers are typically a little bit higher in alcohol than this. Uh, they are typically on the sweet side, which this falls into. So, yeah, I would consider this a dessert beer. All right, all right. Yeah. And for those of you that have a particular beer that you would like Webby and I to do a tasting review of, throw it in the comments below. We'd be happy to check it out and do a tasting for you. We would absolutely love to do that. So please, please, by all means, put the comments down below, and we'll see what we can do. So, Webby, I noticed you have a nice sweatshirt on right there. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, why, yes, I sure do. This is my brand new Eddie and Webby hoodie. It's a nice zip-up hoodie. And uh, I don't know, if you've been watching our videos lately, Eddie and I have each been sampling out some T-shirts and hoodies that we've purchased, and we're thinking about offering them for... uh, people to purchase in the future so if anybody has any interest in buying eddie and webby merchandise let us know and we will definitely consider producing stuff in the future yeah i think it'd be great to get some merch out there for you guys to wear and be part of the eddie and webby family and also if you uh cut to camera number two you'll see right over there 
There is a nice Eddie and Webby disc for disc golfing. I'm very proud of that one. That's one of my favorite souvenirs I currently have. Nice. Maybe when uh, the weather isn't wintry, uh, icy mix outside in April, you might actually be able to go use it outside. (laughs) Yeah, so no joke. Two days ago, it was about 70 degrees. And this morning, we woke up with ice covering everything. Like anything outside was covered in a layer of ice. There were a lot of downed power lines because of the heavy ice that formed. So it's getting ridiculous. I mean, come on. I know I know in Michigan, the weather always goes back and forth, but come on, it's it's mid-April. Um, I know we'll get some, some cold spells here and there, but come on. Come on, weather. Knock it off, Get your weather. act together. Yeah, clean it up. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so now you have a piece of technology that you would like to talk about, right, Webby? You are correct, sir. I do. So what I'm going to be talking about today is this very nice case that I got for my Raspberry Pi. And take a look at this. That's right. It looks exactly like an old school NES, a.k.a. Nintendo Entertainment System. And uh, yeah, it's a case for the Raspberry Pi. And the great thing about it is it has fully functional features it's it's fully built to scale i mean like it's a smaller version but everything on it is just like the original at the top um you'll see the uh what is that the vent or whatever whatever that top part is the flap right here Mm -hmm. the flap reveals usb ports and where to plug in the ethernet cable something really cool that i appreciate is there are functioning power and reset buttons so to turn the thing on you actually press the power button um it's very cool. And one little touch that I that I absolutely love. Do you remember in the original Nintendo system how if you looked underneath, there was a piece that you could take off? Yeah, the little I never really piece. knew what it was for or why. Did you know what it was for? No, no idea. I never did either. But they included that on this. And once you open it, it reveals that there is micro SD card storage under there. So you take this piece off, put your extra cards down there. And then uh, there you go. It closes them right up. I love this thing. That's it's awesome. so cool. It is called the Nespy case. And nice. uh, I love it. I think it's great. Where'd you get it? And, um, got it from the Amazon.com. The www.theamazon.com. I think it's the.www.amazon.com. Oh. Okay, good. Glad we got clarification there on that. <laughs> Um, and another really cool thing, uh, I know I've talked about it once or twice in the past, but the 8-bit dough, yep. you, uh, this thing is compatible with it, and there's four USB slots. There's the two on the front or the two that are under the flap, and if you plug in the 8-bit dough adapter, what is really cool about it is it lets you use all the different 8-bit dough controllers. And it also lets you use your PS4 and I believe your Xbox controllers as long as they are Bluetooth compatible and lets you play games wirelessly with your controllers. That's awesome. So, so, so you, you typically play like old school vintage games on there, right? Yes. Yep. That's mainly what I use my Raspberry Pi for is I set it up to be able to play old vintage games. So like old school Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo. Stuff like that. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I love this thing. So if anybody has ever thought about getting it, I, I highly recommend it. And it just looks 
so darn cool. I mean, look at that. Yep. That's it's just. It looks nice. It looks sweet. like it's solidly built too. I've I've had some Raspberry Pi cases in the past that were kind of just junky garbage. They didn't really operate well. They typically broke. That one looks solid and it looks like it's built really well. It is. I highly recommend it and I love it. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, why don't we go on to the the pickleball section of the podcast? Let's do uh, it. And I'm sure. Uh, most of you have already watched the video of Webby and I playing pickleball together for the first time, and we had a really great experience with an indoor court. Uh, it was my first time playing indoors. Down here in Florida, in the community I live in, we have four outdoor pickleball courts, and that's that's actually the only other place that I've ever played is here. Uh, so I've only played outdoors. So that was my first experience playing it indoors. And Webby tells me that that's not what typical indoor courts are like. So I was hoping to ask him if he could talk about that a little bit more because yeah. I hope that that's not what they're like. <laughs> yeah, and for anybody that has watched the video, I was uh, I was very embarrassed because I kept building up how great indoor pickleball play is. You don't have to worry about the elements when playing outside. Just and, walls, just running um, into walls, you know? Yeah. So we go in there, and it's just a tiny racquetball court. And it's just, there's no space to, like, normally when you're playing pickleball, you hit the ball, like, you, you try to hit it as close to the out-of-bounds line on the opposing side as you can, and that makes the other team have to run out-of-bounds, chasing after the ball and hitting the ball back. Um, well, that's not possible if the out-of-bounds line is a wall. So, yeah, it was uh, it was not cool. So, normally, when I play indoors, it's in a gymnasium, and so it could be, like, a full basketball court or half of a basketball court in size and on one half of a, a full basketball court you can easily get two or three pickleball courts set up um, so you just set up three of the nets side by side and uh, you usually, usually have plenty of space um, and it this just what we did was I wouldn't even consider that pickleball to be honest it was almost like we had to come up with our own game and our own rules because with with those walls as close as they were to the court it just uh, it was not quite right at all. Yeah, I think it was cool that we got to focus on our short game a little bit and really kind of hone in those skills. Uh, the one thing, though, that I noticed on those courts as well is that the, the lines for the kitchen and out of bounds and the center line that separates the two halves were not really that defined. Is that also right. what you find, or do you typically find that a lot of these other places, it's very easy to know what the boundaries are? Yeah, definitely not. Typically, the, the lines are very defined. And the places that are established for having pickleball, they'll have permanent lines that are added to the gymnasium floor, so specific pickleball lines. So it's very easy to see, and you, it's very easy to know where the barriers are and the boundaries. Um, some places I've played don't have the, the designated lines built in, like like part of the gymnasium floor. But they are taped off really good. So whoever runs the the pickleball play at the place, they'll put uh, like painters tape or something. But it's very clearly marked, so it's it's never an issue. I've never had a problem with the tape coming off during play or anything like that. So yeah, everywhere I've played indoors, the the barriers have been very well defined and no issues there for me. Okay. Now, typically, is the net just kind of freestanding, or is it actually like a permanent structure with holes in the ground that it taps into? No, everywhere I've played indoors, they're they're freestanding, so they're they're portable nets that are set up, but they're they they're usually nice and heavy duty, so it's it's no big deal that they're just set up before the gameplay. Um, 
but yeah, nothing. I've never been to an indoor place that has designated nets set up for pickleball. Yeah, um, I've been to a place that it, they have indoor tennis, so those those nets are up all the time, and then they just have them taped off for uh, pickleball play when they offer pickleball. But most places do not have nets that are permanently in place. Okay. So final question on this. Do you prefer indoor or outdoor pickleball play? So here's the thing. I, I have only played outdoors like three or four times. When I first learned how to play, it was outdoors. But it was it was in the fall, um, late, late summer, early fall. And um, I had trouble finding people to play with. So winter came and I hadn't played anymore other than the first three times that I played. So um, then I learned about open pickleball places that have indoor play. And so primarily, uh, like, 95% of the pickleball games I've played have been indoors. So I really haven't played enough outside to compare. Um, I do have some negative things to say about what I did play outside, though. Um, sometimes the, the sun, if you were playing on one side of the court, was directly in my eyes. So it made it, it really tough. You had a, a major disadvantage being on one side. Another time we played after work and it was starting to get dark and it got dark before we wanted to stop playing, but there weren't any lights. So we were forced to stop playing because we couldn't see anymore. So that was another negative. Um, But one negative thing about indoor play is I find the lighting typically isn't the greatest. Some places are good, but I feel like a lot of the places don't really have the greatest of lighting. It's either too dark or they have windows in the place and the sunlight comes in and you get like the same effect on a sunny day where one side you have the sun in your eyes. So, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I and I will tell you that there's been a few times down here in the last couple of months where the elements have made it hard to play outside. Fortunately for us, we do have very nice lights on our courts and I do actually prefer playing after the sun goes down. I feel like it gets a much it's much easier to play. The lighting is more balanced. Uh but you know, with the time change, now we play and the sun can be in our eyes for the first hour of play. That gets a little frustrating. We had a couple nights where with all the fires down here and the winds that we had ash blowing all over the place. You know, the winds were so strong on one side that it was easy to get lob shots over on one side of the net. And on the other side of the net, you feel like every time you hit the ball just a little bit hard, it went out of bounds. So I could definitely understand why avoiding the elements would be an advantage, uh, but personally, based on my first indoor experience, I would take outdoor <laughs> courts, hands down, any day of the week. I would never play indoor ever again. But <laughs> hopefully it's not like that, and you're correct. And maybe one of these times uh, I come up to Michigan, we can try doing it indoors again. Yeah, I would say please do not count what we did as your first <laughs> indoor pickleball experience because that really was not pickleball. It, it was not. So, um Try to try to erase that from your mind because it doesn't count. <laughs> All right. Done. Cool. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate the insight, and I'm sure our listeners and viewers do as well. Uh, so that's all we have for today, guys. I want to thank you very much for listening. Any of the products that we've talked about today, we'll be throwing in the description down below. We'll throw links down there. You can click on them to be able to uh, get more information on them or purchase them. And as always, we love to hear your feedback, good or bad. We shared some good and bad today, and we want to hear all of it. We're going to share it on the air. The the gooder it is, the more likely it will be read on the air. The gooder, the better. 
Any beers that you guys want us to taste, go ahead and let us know in the comments below. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagrams, both as Eddie and Webby, right? Correct. All right. Well, I'm Eddie. And this is Webby, not Eddie, signing off. See ya. No good, do you hear me? No good. No good! <laughs>